Spectrum is brought to you by the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. Before a new idea can become a way of thinking, before one detail can flip the narrative, before anything that matters can change the world, it must, above all, be known. The duty of the Scripps College of Communication is to bring forth the people who bring forth the knowledge, by word or image or data stream and in every medium and by all means, they succeed. They say, make it loud, make it clear, make it known. Learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. Welcome to Spectrum. I'm your host, Tom Hudson. On Spectrum, we cover a wide range of topics that are important to our lives. We feature journalists, authors, scholars, policymakers, activists, scientists, innovators, and sometimes people with just fascinating stories. We're currently doing a series of episodes focusing on the importance of local television news. Today, we examine the perspective of a young news director in a sprawling geographic area with high levels of diversity plus a huge military base. Allison Herman tells us what it's like to produce local news for WTKR-TV in Norfolk, Virginia. You started in Huntington, went to Louisville, Indianapolis, Raleigh-Durham, now in Norfolk. Yep. Um, that's a lot of places. A lot of places. In, in 12, 13 years. Yeah. Uh, living out of a car with your suitcase in the back seat, I, I take it. Well, not that dramatic, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Pretty much, though. Yeah, there, there was housing. Yeah, we had, we had a, you know, an apartment. Yes, that's good. But now you're news director in, in, in Norfolk. Uh, yes. Talk about the the transition in your career from the the where you started as a reporter, yeah. and then moved to behind the scenes. Yeah, well, so I started out as a producer. I have like producer day one, always forever. Um, shout out to Mary Rogus who told me my freshman year first quarter hey, you should be a producer. And I was like, oh, okay, great. I'll be a producer. And Jobs I, like, are more stable. <laughs> well, and I like, I never wanted to be in front of the camera. Like I really didn't have dreams to be Katie Couric. I didn't, um, I love stories and I love storytelling. I love writing. I love reading. And like that was really kind of where my passion for journalism or storytelling came from. Um, and so all I ever wanted to do, I didn't want to write one story a day. I wanted to write 50 stories a day, 100 stories a day. So when I found out that producing was a job, I said, oh, well, that's the only option for me. Of course, I want to have my own show and be responsible for all the stories. And I'm going to find them. I'm going to write them. I'm going to build the graphics. I'm going to showcase. Like, it's my baby, right? So uh, producing from WOUB, um, I started out working after an internship at WSAZ in Huntington, Charleston. Um, I worked part-time there, the Saturday overnight show, drove every weekend from Athens back to Huntington to go produce that weekend overnight show. Um, and then when I graduated, they hired me on full-time, um, went to Louisville as a full-time producer, uh, went to Indianapolis as a producer, became an executive producer while I was there, um, went to Raleigh as an EP, became the managing editor, ended up in 
Norfolk as the assistant news director and then 10 months later was the news director, which is such a wild, like when you think about how many years you spend at a place, you're like, oh, I was there for, I was in Indy for four years. I was in Raleigh for four years. But when you really count them up, I mean, I graduated in 2010 and that was 13 years ago. And I'm not quite with, yet <laughs> from from college student to news director is incredibly fast. So I'm I'm like so grateful for the the mentors that I had, the people in my career who really taught me about leadership, um, taught me about journalism. I'm thankful that I got to make my mistakes overnight, you know, in Huntington or, you know, on the weekends in Louisville. Um, so it's just it's been absolutely crazy and wild and I like I keep but I can't imagine doing anything else like I don't know where else I would even fit in like news is just so made for me you you and anybody in your position lives on adrenaline Mm -hmm. Um, that's got to tap out you know this is a a really quick rise yeah Uh, Part of you has got to be, what's next? Let's move. And uh, another part's got to be, oh, man, I'm tired. So, yes. <laughs> and I, like, so I tell people during the job interviews all the time, right, like news is if those butterflies in your stomach, that anxiety that you feel when you're on deadline, um, if that stresses you out, this isn't the place for you. If you're excited by, invigorated by, motivated by that that feeling, that anxiety, really, um, then welcome to news because that deadline pressure is always, 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 um, and even more so in a digital space, right? I mean, like our deadline is now twenty four seven, and but you know the news at four starts at four. I mean, it's right there in the title, like you know when the deadline is, and if you're not ready for it. Um, it's it's black on the air, right? Or you miss slot or, you know, or your show's not polished. So, but I think this like idea of deadlines and, and I don't know, like I, maybe one day it burns out. Like for now, I'm still having so much fun and I, I still get so excited when a news story is breaking or something is happening. And it's that like buzz in the newsroom of, okay, let's go, 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 go. I mean, it's, um, I I call it respectful yelling, right? Like, I want more respectful yelling in this newsroom of, hey, this is happening. Hey, we're going. I got it. You know, live use up. Uh, You know, are we rolling? You know, I just got this confirmed. Like, we're just getting on air. Like, somebody go run in the booth and, you know, be there for a cut in. So um, that's still my absolute favorite part. And even as a news director now, I don't, get to go be in the booth. I don't get to go, and which is ugh, like, <laughs> I miss that part of being a producer or an EP. Um, and so when I, and I'd really try as a news director now, when I go into the control room that I'm like, okay, it's not your show. Like you hated it when someone was telling you what you were supposed to do over your shoulder. So like back off, provide guidance, you know, make a call if you need to, but, but let them enjoy this like control room moment too. News director. Uh, I know what that term means, but I doubt that many of our listeners do. They don't see it in national news or cable news. Uh, It's alien to those people who are still married to newspapers. Uh, They don't see it it in a digital space. So so what does that mean in local TV? Well, and I think what it means today probably is different than what it was five years or 10 years or like 20 years ago, right? Um, 
I very much see this role as a news director as you're very much the figurehead of the room, right? Um, hiring and budgets is a huge piece of what you do. Strategic planning is the biggest part of what I do, I would say, um, because the decisions that we're making today are going to be where is this station? Where is this newsroom? Where is this group going to be two, three, four, five years down the line? So that's really, that's a very different shift than working in, you know, as an assistant news director, you're, you're running the day, right? The day-to-day news and you're, yes, there's some short-term or long-range planning, right? But it's almost always Mm -hmm. content-based. So really shifting and thinking, it's not, just the content, you have to look at it as the business, like you're running the business of the newsroom or the business of the station, um, along with the general manager and, you know, the director of sales, you're kind of um, looking at it from a very different perspective. And I think that's been, it's definitely a hard shift from some, for somebody who loves content, or that's all that you've done, or um, that's really where your bread has been buttered for years and where years. Where you feel comfortable. Right? Yeah, and so, and you kind of want to like shift back into that comfortable space of, oh, like I want to get into the stories of the day, or you know, I really want to be there for the editorial decision making, um, and and there are parts of that, right? But I think a lot of what my role is is big picture editorial oversight. What's our strategy? What's our plan? What are our goals? What are our priorities? What are the systems and processes I can help put in place um, to make that stuff happen? But you hand over the actual execution of the day to the assistant news director, the executive producers, you know, the managing editor, the operations manager, assignment desk manager, and then of course, the entire staff, right? I mean, everyone has a role to play and it's such an important role because if if one, I guess, cog is out of place, you, everybody else notices, right? You need everyone else to do their job so that the entirety of what we're doing works. There's very few things that you do in a newsroom that are in a vacuum that it's just you touching it or like just you affected by it. As news director, are, are you the, the lightning rod for ratings? <sighs> For who? For the station, for news. Uh, you know, uh, ratings drive ad dollars. Ratings yeah. drive audience. And so in the hierarchy, does it come to you? You are responsible. Yes. I mean, yes, like ultimately, yeah. right? Um, I Like the way that we look at it, though, and I work for Scripps right? Um, And it's the content strategy. Like that is the North Star that is driving everything that we're doing. Um, And really the the belief of the company and, and my belief as well is that if you're doing good journalism, if the content is there, that's where the ratings come from, right? Or the viewership or the eyeballs. Um, and so I, that's, I, my team's making fun of me because I keep saying eyeballs a whole lot lately. <laughs> but that's what we're after, right? Yeah. I mean, it's because it, it's more than just television ratings. And it's because you have digital metrics, you, you have reach and impressions. And so even how you're measured is so different than it used to be. Um, you know, the idea of like Nielsen click points, like is that the best way to produce a newscast? Or, you know, can we actually let the content drive how long a block is. Um, but yes, I mean, at the end of the day, you the more eyeballs that you have, the more viewers that you have, um, the more ad revenue that you have, and then you can continue to invest back into impactful journalism because 
because that's what we're trying to do at the end of the day, right? We're all serving communities, um, and we have to be making a better informed world, and we have to be making a product that anybody wants to see and consume so that they can actually ingest that information and do something with it. Recently, uh, you've had school shootings. You've had the the six-year-old who yeah. shot a teacher. Uh, you've got uh, just recently a, a superintendent that has been fired mm-hmm. uh, for perhaps lack of supervision of, of the school shooting situation. Your station has been in the forefront of that kind of coverage, but talk about how you as news director coordinate that kind of coverage and what are your responsibilities to to all the parties in, yeah. involved in that? That's got to be a real juggling act. Yeah, and we um, we also had a, a mass shooting very recently at a Walmart in Chesapeake right. just before Thanksgiving. Um, and so, you know, those, those big moments, those moments of, oh, we have to go, you have to turn it on and you have to know exactly what you're doing um, in the moment, I think – to prepare for those big things, it's the little stuff every day, right? Um, you know, I showed up at uh, DBTKR about 18 months ago-ish, um, and we have been doing a ton of work to really lay that foundational journalism 101 of what are we doing, why are we doing it, uh, what are the systems processes, what's what are the trainings that we need, right, to kind of get the entire staff up to this level of um, really being, ex- be, being able to execute on election night, on severe weather days, on these big breaking stories, right? But it's the day-to-day things that you go through and those learnings and those conversations. And truly, the editorial meetings are so important of what's the point? Why do I care? Who's our character? What are we going after? That's a one-sided story. Who else are you going to get? Or like, that's a great story for us to research. It's not ready yet. So all of those conversations that you're having, the questions that you're asking, that the feedback that you're giving, um, it prepares you for the big moments of, okay, we don't have time to talk about it because it's happening right now and we need to go. Um, and so it's really cool to watch a room know that like this is happening, we gotta move. Everything else is kind of off the table. You throw as many resources as you can at it. Uh, you know, let's pr- be, we have got to be prepared on digital. What can we get up immediately? Is it one line of information? Please get me pictures back from the scene. Where are our live units? Like, get a live picture up as soon as you can. Where's the police chief? Where's the superintendent? Where are the parents? Like, what's going on, right? Because it's chaos, and especially for the school shooting, right? We are all trying to get there the same time hundreds of parents are also trying to get there. Um, And so it's really trying to how do you control that chaos? And then how do you try and tell a story that has the correct tone? Um, because you don't want to come out and be sensational. You don't want to say things that are incorrect. Um, so that's always, always, always a balancing act. And, and if you don't get it right in the moment, 
let's talk about it afterwards. What what worked, what didn't work, like we do debriefs around those things so that every situation is a learning experience, even if, yes, we, we did a 98% on this event or on this story or on this day, but it's also not over, right? I mean, you don't just do yeah. it in the moment. It's stories and, you know, context and perspective for weeks and months to come. Um, well, and just so it on is, the six-year-old, it's been yeah. a whole month of, yes. of content. Yeah, and and it continues to be how can we tell that story in a new way, in a different way, um, or who are the stakeholders that we haven't been able to get to? Um, it's certainly it's it's of national interest, right? So you're you're competing actually with the you know New York Times and the you know sure. like the all these national outlets who are interested in this story too. But there's a responsibility to the local audience uh, uh, that that trumps the yeah. national yeah. And, and the cable news that yeah. comes in. Uh, they'd look to you. Yeah, uh, the the local uh, news outlet yeah. to to provide them with uh, what's meaningful to them. Well, we live there, right? You live there, you work there, you play there, and that's I think that's still the importance of local news, right? Is that we have the contacts in the community. Uh, my staff, parts of them at least, like they live in Newport News. They go to these schools, like they're graduates of, um, you know, the these schools or the you know the public school system that's there, and their families live there. So you really you're invested on a different level than a national news outlet is, right? Because it's our community and it's we have to be serving them and they're asking questions and we it's our responsibility to, to ask those questions and hopefully find answers to those questions and if we're not getting the answers to those questions that's the story too and being really transparent about that process um, I think is something that the industry is really shifting into that process language like people want to see for example show your work you know right um, okay so I don't know, call it 10 years ago, right? Um, you would go do investigative work or research and you're, you're asking questions, you're making phone calls. Um, but you know, this story, it might not turn into a story that makes air that day, but a reporter has spent six, seven, eight hours of, of one day, or maybe it's you know three, four, five days um, putting work in on any given story. Now, um, it's not enough, like viewers don't just give you credit because they assume that you've done it you have to show your work, right? And so to be transparent about, well, today we called this person, this person, this person reached out for comment for this. Uh, you know, we have heard back from this and this, and that's what they say. We haven't heard back from this and this, but we're gonna keep trying. Uh, here's what we know, here's what we don't know. And that sometimes is a whole story, a, a true process, what was your journalistic uh, reporting or what did you find and not find today? Because I still think that there's value in, um, in saying, here's what we don't know. And trust that we're going to work uh, to get it for you, except maybe don't trust because we're going to continue to show you this process to prove that that's actually what we're doing. The role of investigative work in in uh, a smaller market station as yeah. opposed to New York or Chicago or, or whatever, how important is that to you at Norfolk? Um, it is a, uh, a major pillar of just our journalistic content strategy, right? Um, have to. 
price of admission. Um, you have to be holding the powerful accountable. You have to be um, uncovering information, which is often public information, right? I mean, submitting, sure. a, submitting a FOIA um, to get information that is public that anybody could go submit, uh, but nobody does, right? Like that is such a role of the media uh, to be able to yeah. find that information, dig through it, um, and make sense of it, right? I mean, you can FOIA a lot of stuff and it's an Excel spreadsheet with hundreds of numbers that mean nothing to anybody. It's our job to put that into context. Um, and I think it's our job to to ask the questions that are uncomfortable, right? Or to um, you get to ruffle a feather on on occasion, um, but it's it's the truth, right? You have to go in search of the truth, um, whether or not that's ugly or not. I guess your area uh, geographically yeah. is is unique and. Let me give you my outsider's characteristic. It is a uh, fairly wide geographic area with various communities, mm -hmm. uh, with various interests. Uh, in addition, you have one of the largest military establishments uh, in probably the world. The uh, largest. The largest, yeah. okay. Uh, naval uh, establishment there. So uh, you have people who are tied into federal issues, Department of Defense issues, all kinds of issues. You've got a huge tourism mm -hmm. industry that local businesses rely on. I, I assume. Mm -hmm. um, those are a lot of audiences mm -hmm. to be able to cover and and satisfy. Uh, you've made some changes since you've come in. Talk about what it was like, what it's like now, and where you might be going in, in trying to meet all of those needs. That's, that's a huge task. Um, it's huge. I, um, so I, 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 let me like step back a second because I said my first market was Huntington, Charleston, West Virginia, right? right? Um, 65 counties in three states. You want to talk about people who um, nobody cared what the other side was doing? Like nobody from one side of the market cared what the other side was doing. Well, we've got 58 counties yeah. in three states, so yeah. I totally understand. I, like, <laughs> it is, it's huge, right? And so you have to, um, I, when I worked there, I said, I will never work in a split market ever again. Um, I went to Louisville, went to Indianapolis, went to Raleigh, Durham, Fayetteville, Chapel Hill. Uh, same issue, right? You just different corners of this market um, all care about different things. Um, and then again, now in Hampton Roads, um, which I would, if I could do a rebrand on the, the market itself, right? I mean, it's coastal Virginia and Northeast North Carolina. We have coastal Virginia and the Outer Banks. Um, and even like those two things are very different. Oh, yeah. the, the kind of beach at Virginia Beach or uh, is very different than what you have in, in Hatteras or, um, you know, Manio, right? So one, I don't think that you can really walk into anything and say, I'm going to please everyone, right? And if you really try and spread yourself so very thin, are you serving anybody well? Um, but it's incredibly challenging geographically. We have seven cities or our main seven cities in Hampton Roads, but our market goes all the way up to Williamsburg, all the way down, you know, through the Outer Banks, uh, Elizabeth City in um, North Carolina as well. So we've, you have to try and focus in on main population centers, really. Um, and 
make sure that you're trying to get um, weather a lot of times is the connector of everyone kind of is impacted by weather. But I think a lot of what we try and do, and I, I ask my staff this all the time, and they probably get tired of hearing it, but that's fine. Uh, what's the point? Why do I care? You have to be asking yourself that about every story. And how can we make this one thing that's happening in Virginia Beach that's maybe affecting, you know, this one school district or this one neighborhood? How does anybody else apply relatability to that? Um, is this something that can be translated into other neighborhoods in other areas? So really trying to put that big picture scope on it, or here's a, here we're highlighting a small thing that's happening, but here's how it fits into the greater context of the area, the state, the world, um, et cetera. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned the, the military. It's a huge portion of um, our market and 38% of our households are either either have one member of active duty uh, retired military or a DOD contractor and when we talk about federal defense budgets or you know federal spending that's not a national story that's a local that's a local story I think it's four of every ten dollars or something is touched by the federal government in our market uh, and then you add tourism into it which was devastated by like the pandemic right and so it's like coming back um, and really trying to um, mix and mingle all of those things together it, environmental issues right I mean as a coastal place you've got sea level rise and tidal flooding and you know what's what can all be done so there's there's no shortage of topics for us to be able to cover but, which but, is also cool but yet it's got to be diverse but coherent uh, yeah. Uh, uh, cohesive, I, I meant, yeah. not coherent, cohesive. Well, also yeah. coherent, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a given. But, but, but that's a very difficult mix to be diverse but cohesive. Yeah. Uh, and, and have a brand that is trusted for providing me with what I need. Yeah. And, and to have people who can be like experts in each of those items, right? So a beat system is very important for us. Um, and it's not just a beat system topically, but a beat system geographically. Um, we have people who live in different parts of the market um, because traffic is an issue for us. Like getting from one side of the market to the other um, can be quite painful or uh, time consuming on a day to day basis. Well, you got a lot of bridges, you got a lot of tunnels, you got a lot of water um, and a lot of people trying to like, I guess, drive over top of each other. Basically, it's not um, very different than a city like Richmond or Indianapolis, right? They're, they're all pointed towards this middle. Center city. Yeah, yeah. we are just completely fanned out. Um, and you've got some urban areas, you've got rural areas, you've got suburban areas, there's farmland, there's, you know, swamp area that's going on. A, a huge rich history in, you know, American history is rooted there. Um, it's cool. It's a really cool place. I think it's a, it's a fun place to kind of cover and um, challenging, for sure. So as news director, um I know you don't have any time, so that's that's a given. <laughs> but as news director, how much emphasis do you look at on what the future of media is going to be two years from now, five years from now? Uh, let's not go out any further because that's enough yeah. uh, of change. Uh, your your whole business could be turned upside down in in a very short period of time. Yes. Uh, I think about that every single day. That is the 
bulk of what takes up my mental energy, actually. Um, it is the bulk of the conversations that we are having as a, a department head team, right? I mean, me and my general manager, we talk about the future of this business every single day. And what is our role in making sure that there is a local news industry 5, 10, 15 years from now, right? Because the, I mean, I'm, I'm 34. I am not close to retirement. I need for there to be a local news industry for my own career. But we need local news because those those are the watchdogs of of the public, right? I mean, we are serving a community, and and if we're not submitting those FOIA requests, who is? And right? it's, it, local news is trusted, yes, by and large above any other form yeah. of news. But but we still have trust issues too, right? So we have to, um, God, the like if it bleeds, it leads, has just permeated what people think that we do because that is what we did for a long time. Right. Uh, and it worked and people watched it and they tuned in and we said, OK, great. Doesn't matter, you know, what we've like done to this community. Like we got our numbers and we, you know, we got in and we got out and like have a great day. The and fires, I, the shootings, the, 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 the chaos. Yes. And yeah. I just think like the public appetite for that is not there anymore. And they are telling us it is not there anymore. The amount of people who I introduce myself. Hi, my name is Allison. You know, I, I work for a news station and they go, ugh. I don't watch the news. It's so negative every single time. And so enough people say that to you and you go, mm, it feels like there's a, a consensus that the news um, has no, it, there's no positivity, there's no hopefulness. Um, so we have to be changing that, right? And that is a, the days of breaking news and severe weather are your price of admission. Those still exist. Absolutely. You got to do those and you got to win those. Um, you have to add positivity to that list. We have to be, and even in in a, a dark moment, a what is the bright spot? What is the hopefulness? What is the positivity? How are you highlighting the generosity of a community or how people are coming together in a time of tragedy? Those have to be storylines that we're telling and finding and highlighting and, and playing up in the A block, right? I mean, it's not just like, yeah. oh, it's a nice kicker at the end of the show. Um, and so changing that in a newsroom, because I can't control the world. I can't control the whole industry. You have to control that I have culture. To con- I have to control the things I can control. Um, and it's hard. And it, you you go through your own moments of like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Or like, oh, is, is this too soft? Is it too featurey? Am I moving you know, are too we, fast? Am I going too slowly? Is, there, is everybody on board? Like, yeah. do we know what we're doing? Like, uh, So it's um, that pressure definitely like sits on you. But I think um, – but the idea of what we need to be doing is there. But doing it. Doing it every day is hard. It's the consistency. It's the frequency of doing that that is what's going to, A, get you the trust and the credit in the community. Um, and that's really what's going to set you apart as an organization. So, One last question. Yeah. And that is um, everybody is looking at artificial intelligence and AI as changing the mm. world. Uh, a lot of comparisons to the advent of the the smartphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's got to be on your horizon to look at. How do we incorporate this? What do we want to jettison from that? What do we want to embrace? Yeah, is that something that that you look at carefully? So I think that we're like 
we're starting to toe dip into what that is or what it can do, right? I mean, we were just having a conversation about um, AI teleprompter. So instead of having a, a prompter operator or, you know, having an anchor operate with a hand or a foot pedal, right, there is technology that is AI teleprompting. And I'm like, how does that even work, right? I mean, like, so, and it's so interesting because there are, are there things that we can use that for that can help us free up time to do stuff that humans have to do? right? You know, can we use that technology to take away some of, is it busy work or the technical things or the um, really like menial tasks, right, that like need to happen um, so that we can actually have our human brain power focused on investigative or, you know, research or te telling good stories, finding good characters, right? Like a robot cannot go find a character for you. They can't really like tell the story of someone in a community. Um, can they scrub the internet for school closings though? Maybe, sure. So I think like trying to leverage that technology to free you up to do other things is great. Um, I hope that we don't get to a place where computer robots are reading the news instead of you know anchors or reporters um, because our, like our anchors are our best storytellers they are our veteran journalists in our newsrooms right they're trusted like you know those people they go to your grocery uh, store uh, I was gonna say yeah. there, there is an affinity there yeah. is a trust level a, a like or dislike yeah. whatever the case may be but there is a connection yeah that I don't have to a, a robot. national or robot, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> Allison, thank you so much. Thank I enjoyed you. our conversation. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Today in our series about local news, we've talked to Allison Herman, the young news director at WKTR-TV in Norfolk, Virginia. Spectrum is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our co-producer. I'm your host, Tom Hodson. Please subscribe to Spectrum. You can do that at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or at NPR One. And Spectrum also is available through the NPR Podcast Directory. We always welcome your feedback, so please rate our podcast or review it through one of your favorite podcast outlets. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast or have suggested topics for us to cover, please direct them to me by email. You can do that at hodson at ohio.edu. That's hodson, H-O-D-S-O-N, at ohio.edu. Have a good day, everyone.